Welcome to the perfume room. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day. My scent of the day today is actually two scents. On my left wrist, I am wearing Killian's Angel Share, and on my right wrist, I am wearing the oil perfumery version of it. I wanted to try Angel Share since I have the original to just see how it compares. I will say it's pretty similar. I mean, I feel like the only difference that I can detect is that the opening of Angel Share, I get more of that spicy note. I feel like the cognac and the cinnamon come out a little bit more individually, whereas in the oil perfumery version, I feel like the strongest note in the opening is definitely tonka bean. But now an hour and a half has passed, and I will say that the dry down is virtually the same for me. I'm so partial to Angel Share because I freaking love it, but if you are on a budget, this is a great alternative. For my perfume juice of the day, I am doing a monthly roundup. I have tried so many new fragrances this past month. This episode is coming out June 29th, and I just wanted to share some of my favorites. So I actually made a list of my top 10. And I will say that some of these are actually going into my list of like top 10 of all time. Coming in at number one, Cafe Tuberosa by Atelier. I think it's just a beautiful mix of tuberose, cacao, and coffee notes. It's a really like signature scent, va va voom quality. Number two is Lost Alice by Mask Milano, which was inspired by Alice in Wonderland when she's at the tea party. And I totally get that vibe. There's something lactonic and sweet and also fresh at the same time. And it just kind of reminds me of someone who good things happen to them and they are sort of naive to them. Um, very Alice in Wonderland. I've also just in general been on this weird weedy kick like I'm just craving notes that have sort of lactonic, weedy, starchy, milky vibes. Lost Alice definitely does that for me but then I also tried Jeu de Peau by Serge Dutens and I'm just obsessed. I describe Jeu de Peau as a sexy pastry chef who works in Bushwick, is covered in tats and they have Palo Santo burning in their bakery and they come out to help you carrying a fresh tray of croissants. It's like what that entire experience would smell like. It's like sexy, edgy pastry chef. Number four for me would be BDK Gris Charnel. And I've heard amazing things about this line. I just hadn't had a chance to experience it. And I am like personally kind of over all of these sandalwood scents coming out. Gris Charnel is such a pleasant exception. It's just so beautifully balanced. It's a spicy, fresh sandalwood scent. The cardamom is amazing. The fig is like fresh and almost a tad coconutty. And I'm just really, really enjoying it. Number five would be Altea Yusan. What an amazing skin scent. I can't really speak to the longevity because I only got to try one spritz of it and it was like meh, so I need to see. But it was just this beautiful combination of tea and citrus and green notes and iris. Just gorgeous, beautifully balanced, great for every day. Okay, number six, seven, eight. I don't even know if I would rank these six, seven, and eight, but I just wanted to put them all together because I'm on an iris kick. Would be Atelier Silver Iris, Atelier Iris Rebel, and Montal So Intense Iris. I think of the three, Silver Iris and So Intense Iris are most similar, but Silver Iris has sort of makeup-y warm quality. Intense Iris has like a makeup-y but cold quality, and Iris Rebel is going to be that sort of chalky, neko-like iris that I am obsessed with. Coming in at number nine is Aesop Marrakesh. I just hadn't tried Marrakesh before. I had tried Hawil and Rosu, and Marrakesh was just, ooh, such a pleasant surprise. It's this beautiful spicy rose, and to be honest, I like it more than Rosu. 
And number 10 would be Maison Francis, Kirk John, Amiris Femme. I had just not had a chance to smell that one. I really wasn't familiar with the smell of Amiris, so it was a really pleasant surprise for me. It's a very fresh, floral, linen-y, citrus doll-like scent, and it kind of reminds me of either like literally like a princess castle toy or maybe like bed sheets at the most upscale spa retreat of your life. If you want a loud fragrance that is still somehow inoffensive, I totally recommend Amiris Femme a great floral. And our TikTok question of the day comes from 10 Second Perfume Review. That's a great account, by the way. Def, give it a follow. And they ask, what was the first perfume that I ever owned and how do I feel about it now? Okay, truly, the first perfume I ever owned would definitely be Gap Dream, which I purchased in the fifth grade. And the funny thing is, is that when I got it, I think I was like, oh my God, I am sexy. Um, And for reference, as a kid, I had a face that only a parent could love. I'm not saying that I was ugly. I'm just saying that like I had a face that was truly made for adult consumption. Like my look didn't bode well with my classmates. It didn't get me boyfriends or popularity, but my friends' parents just couldn't get enough of me because I was like this very short, chubby little kid with a big gap in my front teeth and the raspiest voice you've ever heard. I was like cute in the way that you look at like a pug. You know, like kind of like an ugly little dog, but you're just like, what? What is going on there? I love you. So yeah, anyway, picture that doused in Gap Dream. I still have so much love for that fragrance. 10 out of 10 would wear it any day of the week. On to our guest. How do I explain the magnitude of today's guest? We are joined today by the executive chef of New York City Restaurant Butter, host of Supermarket Stakeout on Food Network, judge of Chopped, and of course, most iconically, an Iron Chef. We are joined by none other than Iron Chef Alex Gornicelli. In this episode, I chat with Alex about the perfumes that she wears, the scents and fragrances that she associates with other people, places, and times in her life, her experience venturing into the world of comedy, and her philosophy of smell, then tell, about not letting the power of suggestion shape how she experiences fragrance, which also extends to how she feels about cooking or trying a new dish for the first time. It was such a pleasure to chat with Alex. I am in awe that we got her to be a guest on Perfume Room. Without further ado, here is Iron Chef Alex Cornicelli. Alex, welcome to the Perfume Room. How are you doing? Great. Um, so the first questions that I always like to ask our guests are, what are you currently wearing? Do you have a signature scent? And do you have any sort of fragrance hot take, something you love that everyone hates, something everyone hates that you love? I actually own 16 bottles of a discontinued Laura Mercier pistachio perfume because it's my favorite scent. It smells like roasted pistachios. And when I saw it was being discontinued, I bought, um... I went to a million sellers and I bought 16 bottles. Oh my God. Actually, I think I bought like 25 bottles. I'm down to 16. I'm just hoping that Laura Mercier brings it back around to chic before I run out. Laura Mercier, if you're listening to this. I know, right? The request is out. I mean, the the least she could do. And then I also equally love Stella McCartney. Just a classic Stella McCartney, not the peony, but the classic one. Is it that purple bottle? Yep. I love that one. That's a great, like nice rose floral fragrance. So it's it's interesting too that you mentioned that you love the pistachio one. Because one of the things I was wondering is as a chef, do you feel like you gravitate towards foodie fragrances? No. No, No, not at all. Chefs love all smells, but no, we don't walk around wanting to smell like a roasted pepper. We already do. (laughs) True. You don't need perfume for that. I do wear sometimes I have a bottle of Chanel Egoiste. 
Oh. Which is technically a men's cologne. Yes. Before we became a much more evolved and fluid world. I don't even know if we can say perfumes are feminine and masculine anymore with a straight face. Um, but I associate it with a man I admire a lot. And once in a blue, when I need some liquid courage, I put a spritz of egoist on to remind myself of people that I admire that believe in me. Mm. So perfume is very emotional. Mm. I, but no, I the pistachio is incidental for me with the Laura Mercier. It really is. Mm. Um, I sort of thought, oh, God, it is food. She yeah. makes some other ones like creme brulee and fig and those are not my jam hmm. okay interesting the egoist the one that you wear do you, are you comfortable sharing like who the person that inspires you that wore oh, yeah. it or oh yeah it's a, a, a french chef his name is guy savoie or guy savoy mm -hmm. in english he has a, a three-star michelin restaurant in paris and he has a restaurant in the caesar's palace in las vegas and i worked for him for 70 plus years and he would walk in the kitchen and I would smell his cologne. Mm. And then one day someone was talking, like a guest came in the kitchen and asked him, what's your cologne? And it, and until that moment, I had never thought to ask or anything. I just, it was part of the smells I smelled every day. And he said, Chanel Egoiste. Mm. And I filed that away in the recesses of my brain. And three or four years later, even um, when I no longer was around him, I, I bought a bottle. and I, I always have an extra bottle of that in the stashed right in case that falls out of that goes by the way of the Laura Mercier pistachio if you know what I mean right right you gotta you gotta have it on hand because you never know what's gonna happen and you know that I don't know if the eBay sellers are as trustworthy as we think I mean it's just a matter also of the idea that you can have a memory or a person or an experience in a little bottle in your closet that's kind of that's kind of lovely yeah without being creepy yeah it's really interesting too that you're saying you never thought to ask him that because i feel like a lot of the times we don't even realize that there's someone in our life that has a certain scent until you smell it somewhere else and it takes you instantly back to that specific person or place and you realize that there was a fragrance associated with it Oh yeah, I don't I don't think there's a difference between the aroma of foods as memories and perfumes. My mother always wore uh, just the classic like Issey Miyake perfume. Mm, yeah, that's a beautiful classic. And when I smell that, I just I just instantly start crying because I miss my yeah. you know my mother's yeah. just passed away. So that's a perfume I do not own. You know, and that's another thing, right? Perfumes we can't bear to smell, right? Because they remind us of. I don't know, someone who broke our hearts, someone who's no longer with us, you know, but it doesn't, I don't think that has to be negative. The other smell that I love, and I'm not going to lie about it, is fresh on my mind because I just watched Halston on Netflix mm -hmm. and he brought a bunch of objects to a parfumier and they discussed making a fragrance with these objects. And one of them was a pack of cigarettes and the smell of tobacco. And when I smell tobacco on the street, I love that smell. I don't want to wear it, but it's a perfume to me. It is a perfume. Yeah, there are a lot of tobacco heavy notes. If you actually look up what some of the what some of the most classic fragrance notes are made of, like musk is literally made from like the secretion glands of deer. So it's really interesting how things smell good on people that we just normally would not assume. Exactly, I agree. Do you have any fragrance hot takes, like something that everybody loves that you hate? And this could this could translate to something in cooking as well, or or something you hate that everyone loves. I don't really like flowery perfumes, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I gravitate towards that. And I imagine that's not a terribly popular opinion, um, if that's what you mean. 
Do I hate any perfumes? Uh, there's a perfume, an old perfume that I smell uh, time and time again because I think they just recycle the scent. It's, it was called Jungle Gardenia. It's a classic like um, Tricar Noir, you know what I mean? It's like one of those 80s classics. Mm-hmm. If I get a whiff of that on the street, I'm out. Yes, yes. Goodbye. Tricar Noir or any variation or Jungle Gardenia, see you later. Yeah, Jacar Noir kind of smells just like douchey. like Someone who doesn't have enough time for you. Yes. That's what Jacar Noir smells like to me. I need a half an hour and you've only got three minutes. Yes, 100%. When you're cooking, do you feel like you avoid wearing fragrances at work or? No, I, I, I don't load on the makeup if I know I'm going to stand at the stove for a long time. But no, the perfume I love, if anything, it provides a nose break from all the food smells. Which is like, almost like, you know, like a palate cleanser when you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, when you're smelling lots of perfumes too, sometimes people like smell coffee in between to sort of cleanse their nose. So I wonder if being in a kitchen and just like getting a whiff of something nice on your wrist is the same kind of idea. Totally. It's a great way to put it. Do you have any strong um, smells that you associate with your childhood? Childhood smells. Maybe like uh, pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like roast beef in the oven mm. and um, definitely tea. My father always drank uh, this Lapsang Suchan tea, which is super smoky. It's a super smoky Chinese tea. Yum. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I have a little bit of a cold right now. I will have so much of this tea when I'm sick. It's like, it takes me right back to being a kid. I might even argue that Lapsang Suchan tea, uh, the Twinings brand, it has to be Twinings. Hmm. Takes me straight to being a kid and my father stirring the tea a hundred times to get all the sugar he put in it to dissolve. And it would blow the aroma around the table. You know, mm-hmm. I can hear the sound in my head of the spoon clinking back and forth and the smell of the tea. Big childhood memory. All kinds of tea. Huge childhood for me. And I guess to me, they're like perfumes. Uh, China black tea which is so floral. It almost smells like, uh, you know, if lychee nuts uh, crashed into, uh, you know, like a lily of the valley. Wow, that is very floral. Very floral tea. And in fact, smells insanely floral. And then when you taste it, it's really a very dark tanniny tea generally and less floral on the tongue. So kind of interesting, like it kind of has this delicate fragrance and then this really strong taste. So big childhood tastes for me and smells. Mm. That's really nice. Is there any food that if you smelled it, you would not be able to resist it? Anything that smells like an Italian bakery. I'm on board. I lose all rational thought. I also went to high school in the Bronx and the Stella Doro Cookie Factory was at that time, it must have been blocks away from my high school. And when we would go down to the track, I was on the track team. Mm. We would go down to the track in the afternoon to, to run our laps. And the breeze would blow. It was like out of a movie. And you'd round that last corner of the track to finish. And you would get slapped beautifully in the face with a Stelladoro cookie breeze. Uh, So when I go to the supermarket and I see that Stelladoro cookie display, it takes me right there. And that's very almond extracty. Um, so, and you know, I went to Ferrara bakery and Rocco's on Bleecker street with my parents and we would have cannolis and pignoli cookies and almond extract. Honestly, like if you cut my, if you cut me open, you'd probably find almond extract instead of blood. 
Also, that's amazing incentive as a track star to just round the corner to the smells of cookies and also feels like it kind of defeats the purpose of track, but like incentivizes it at the same time. I like it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the irony, right? Running track and eating cookies. Running track to get the cookie. It's like the it's like the ultimate finish line. Truth. Are there smells that that you associate with nature that are that you look for in fragrances that you wear or your favorite flowers to smell? No, I don't associate anything in its fresh state with the smell of perfume. Hmm. To me, they're two totally different things. I know you can't put a fresh, fresh taste, smell or taste in a bottle. I don't believe you can. Right. And that's maybe from years of cooking, because I know what time, temperature and other things do to transform smells and tastes. That's what I do. And think about it, you know, raw chicken, does it ever smell like cooked chicken? So for me, no, I love flower smells beyond. I literally, uh, jasmine flowers, honeysuckle. In fact, I'm a sucker for far more cloying and heavy, fresh flower smells than I would ever tolerate in a perfume. I need them diluted by the air or maybe diluted on another person. Also, perfumes smell so different on person to person. I mean, I've put the same perfume on five people and said, wow, what a difference. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, I feel like they're, it's really, when you smell a really pungent flower, you appreciate it. But when you smell a really pungent person, it doesn't have the same appeal. Yeah, it gets filtered through the human scent perfume. Right. So right. It, it's not just smelling it on the bottle or even on those little, you know, tester strips they have. I mean, when perfume hits skin and you start sweating and you smell it, it becomes something different. Right. Is there someone in your life that has an unforgettable smell to you? I mean, maybe it would be Guy Savoie, but... No, it's my daughter. Your daughter? What is What does Ava smell like? I don't know. I mean, maybe like cake. That's a great smell. Yeah. Ava smells like cake to me, no matter how she actually smells. <laughs> Today's Perfume 101 is about animalic fragrances. It's a term you hear a lot, but what does it actually mean? It kind of means what it sounds like. There's something primal and animal-like to the smell. It's like something musty or salty, or it can be a note that's literally derived from animals, which doesn't happen anymore in fragrances because of cruelty issues and also sourcing and expense issues. But musk, for example, guess where it came from originally? Do, 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 do. Give up? The secretionary glands of deer. And ambergris? Stone-like secretions that washed up ashore from whales. It can be a salty, skin-like, musty smell. Sometimes people say that animalic scents are sexy or seductive in nature. And that's because animalic notes can remind people of that sort of primal sex smell. Indolic florals can also be described as animalic, and those are florals that are like jasmine, orange blossom, tuberose, basically a lot of white flowers that have those sort of like smell of bad breath notes in them, if you know what I'm talking about, because indolic literally means poop. So animalic scents are sort of dirty smells that by nature are addictive because we are programmed to crave that smell which is what makes the world go round. Some examples you might be familiar with would be Serge Lutin's Musque Kublai Khan, Frederick Mal's Musque Ravageur, Agent Provocateur, Narciso Rodriguez for her EDT, and Diptyque Oud Paleo. To quote the illustrious Bloodhound Gang and give you guys a little bit more context, <clears throat> You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Now back to the episode. 
What did you like to cook before you decided to become a chef professionally? Everything. I mean, that's why I went to cooking because I like so much of it. There was very little, I, if anything, I didn't like. So I thought, you know, you like to do this. You may as well do it all day. That's what my father said. He said, whatever you choose to do, you're going to do it a lot and for a lot of hours. So make sure you like it. Sounds basic, but very complicated, honestly, and helpful. Is there a smell that you associate with being on set for any of the shows that you, for Iron Chef or for Chopped? I think all competition shows smell like uh, undercooked food, (laughs) dry ice, and anxiety. And they all smell the same. And they all have a very similar smell. Like someone made me shut off the stove and I wasn't done. Right. That's what it smells like. Mm. Mixed with some dry ice and anxiety, which generally is tinged with aftershave and soap. Hmm, interesting. Not perfume. Because I think aftershave and soap are a separate category of scents. They have a different note. Like they smell like they intend to clean or mask stinkiness. Right. As opposed to perfume, which to my mind is purely recreational and a privilege. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because like lemon, for example, is a note that's really prominent in a lot of household cleaners and in a lot of soaps. And I was reading this entire article basically about how Americans specifically don't want to use any fragrances that have lemon in them because they associate it with something sterile. And in France and in other countries where maybe it's not the most prominent ingredient, people really want to smell like lemon. So it's so much about, you know, power of suggestion and just contextualizing what fragrances are popular for what reasons, wherever you are. Beautifully said. Agree. (laughs) I think of that, that foaming like furniture polish from the Mm seventies that my aunt Aggie would spray on her console. And then I could see she was so satisfied taking like a big absorbent kind of rag and wiping it all down and having it be like kind of wet and glistening. And it would smell like shoes and wet leather and lemon. Yum, yum, yum. (laughs) I know, right? I painted quite a lovely picture there. But can you vibe it? I can vibe it. The 70s console, the the wet leather. I'm I'm into it. I also, I mean, leather is another note too that's also like really popular in perfume, kind of like we were talking about with tobacco where it's like, would you want to smell like leather? You don't think so. But then there's all these scents that just have these gorgeous, deep, leathery notes that are really beautiful. I totally agree. You can't be almost, I almost want to smell something and then be told what it is so that whatever is in there, you know, it's the same with food. Like someone says to me, taste this. And then, and then I say, don't tell me what it is. Let me just taste it. I think perfume should sort of be the same way because if you say to me, oh, I have this honeysuckle uh, furniture polish, uh, soapy leather perfume, I'm dying for you to smell. I mean, gee, uh, thanks, you know? It's like when I try to get my daughter to eat a kale salad, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's smell first freely and then label. I'm with it. Yeah. Smell first, 2021. I, I, I support it. I'm in that movement. Okay, I also want to talk to you about your comedy career because you you do stand-up comedy now, right? Uh, career is a stretch. Okay. <laughs> I do stand-up as a hobby. Uh, I'm not a comedian. I know you are a budding comedian. I know many comedians and admire them. I am not disciplined enough to be one by trade. I thought being a chef was hard until I took a stab at comedy. And I don't have the constitution for that, but I love it. 
I love doing stand-up. I love the feeling. I especially love the feeling right after I'm finished. Yes. And I didn't, and nothing, you know, no one died. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Have you ever had an experience on stage where like you did have an, a moment where you forgot something you were going to talk about? Oh, or yeah. Anything? Choked, crashed and burned. It's inevitable. Right. It's sheer math and probability that it, that it happens to everyone. People say to me like, oh, yeah, I bombed the other night. I'm like, what? But then meanwhile, like I'll have a terrible dinner service at the restaurant. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You get up, dust yourself off, put some good perfume on and get back on the horse. There you go. What do you do when something like that happens at the restaurant? Like, what are you going to do? What? Like you can't, it's just like a moment on stage with comedy. Can't take it back. Right. Can't change it. Right. Can't do anything, but either decide whether you're going to continue or just give up. And, you know, I've been cooking for 25 years. So chances are these little inner chats I've had with myself about giving up have not been terribly effective. Are you there, listeners? It's me, Emma, here to interrupt your listening experience to bring you a discount. If you follow me on TikTok, you know I love the brand Chorus. Their skincare is amazing. Literally bathe me in that foaming cream cleanser. But guess what? So is their perfume. I personally love and wear cashmere kumquat. And if you are looking for a cozier version of Moogler Alien, you will too. Not only are Chorus fragrances well-made, they are also affordable. And they're supporters of this pod. That's right, they are giving listeners of Perfume Room an exclusive 20% off any purchase. That means you can get a full bottle of Chorus perfume for just $40. All you have to do is use the code PERFUMEROOM20 at checkout. That's PERFUMEROOM20, one word, for 20% off any purchase. Back to the episode. So I also talk a lot on the podcast about dating and relationships, and I see that you are engaged. Congratulations. And I wanted to know, what's the story of how you met your fiance? Uh, Well, I was out to dinner with some friends in a restaurant, and the waiter is a really good friend of mine. And I said, I really love my dinner. And he said, oh my God, my best friend cooked it. Come in the kitchen and meet him. And that was it. Wow. There you go. Love at first bite. Quite literally, yes. And and yeah. he smells good, incidentally. Does he wear a cologne? Uh, he doesn't. No. He, he has like something he puts on sometimes. But no, not a big perfume or cologne dude, no. So do you guys cook a lot together? No, we really don't. Mm. No, either one or the other of us is generally cooking. Sometimes we do, but, you know, for us, it's our work. So it's not like when you say, oh, I got together with my boyfriend or girlfriend and we made a delicious stir fry. It's, it's a little bit more loaded than that for both of us. Like, would you do stand-up comedy with your boyfriend? Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's hard because when you cook and everybody cooks to live, you know, and you're kind of like, and people are like, oh my God, I made this amazing swordfish the other night. And you're just thinking, mm-hmm. I made 300 of those last night. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not the same thought. It's not negative or positive, by the way. I don't mean it in any particular way. It's just right. when cooking is your profession, it's so different. So do you order in food a lot? No, we cook a lot. And my daughter cooks. Sometimes literally she makes dinner. Sometimes he does. Once in a while, like, you know, he'll cook the meat and or fish. I'll make vegetables and Ava will, you know, 
Ava has to have potatoes like every night or it's not dinner. Okay. <laughs> so she makes potatoes, baked potatoes, roasted, boiled, whatever. She just has to have potatoes. Potatoes are dinner. I get it. I, I hear that. You they mean smell that? good too. They do. The potatoes smell great. You know, there's a lot of like Rudy perfume notes and I think I would be interested. Like I could go for a perfume that had some sort of like taro or potato or like weedy sort of note. I, I like that. I like the wholesomeness of the smell of a potato. Totally agree. And they have beautiful flowers. They're beautiful. I didn't even know potatoes had flowers. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got to check out some potatoes in their natural habitat. If you could leave an impression, like a fragrance impression on the world, what would you want people to associate with your scent? Oh, my God. I mean, I don't mean to be redundant, but if you cut open an almond tart in any bakery in Paris <laughs> that has strawberries and apricot jam on top of it, Yum. that's my spirit animal smell. Mm. Almond crust, um, like almond filling, whole strawberries. You know how strawberries have such a strong scent. Yeah. And apricot jam over it. That's my smell. That sounds, that's an amazing beauty. I bet you would like Christian Dior Fev Delicious. It's like this like almondy, tonka-y, fiery type fragrance. And it's got like sort of a sweetness like the Laura Mercier one you said, but it's not too edible, but it totally has these beautiful almond notes. And I bet you would love that fragrance. I love, I'm such a sucker for that. Like that almond milk soap and all that, I'm such a sucker. I could literally, like while drinking a bottle of almond extract, I would spray almond perfume on myself. It would make me very happy. It's like the most comforting scent. You know what? I'm going to send you a list of, I'll send you a list of some of my favorite almond fragrances if you're interested after this call. I'd love if it. You want, if, you're, if you're exploring. I also love amaretto. Oh, amaretto is a beautiful note. The cookies and especially the cookies. The liquor, the liqueur is, it smells good, but the taste is super heavy and sweet. It gets a little dracar noir on me when I drink it. I know it. what you mean. I know what you mean. I literally, as I'm talking to you, I can think of multiple fragrances that I feel like you would love. Like there's this one by Kiko Macheri called Lucom, and it smells truly like an almond cookie or Angel Share by Killian is like this really beautiful sort of boozy cognac cinnamon tonka fragrance. I feel like you these would all be right up your alley. I love that you said that. Because that's actually a note I enjoy too, alcohol. Alcohol, yes. I also love the smell of gasoline at the gas station. I want to drink it. Same. I am dying to drink it. Yes. And I love the smell of rubbing alcohol. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's a hot take. That, that could be a good perfume hot take because I don't know too many people who enjoy the smell of rubbing alcohol. I love <laughs> it. Rubbing alcohol smells like get up, get up, wake up. Because where do you smell it? The doctor opens the little thing, pulls it out, rubs your arm and you get a needle. Wow. And that's a good, that's a good scent association for you. That's wake up, get up, everybody out on deck in uniform right now. That's what rubbing alcohol smells like to me. Wow. I see that too, but I feel like I avoid it for those exact same well, reasons. The thing about smelling it is it means that it's about to happen and that it's soon to be over. Okay. Wow. Wow. This is really, this is a lot deeper than just the smell of rubbing alcohol. Well, as a chef, I want to get things done. Give me the five halibuts right now for table 22. Yes, 100%. Alcohol means they're coming. That's beautiful. That's poetic. Alex, for the final segment of the show, we like to play a game called What's That Smell? Where basically I'll say a person, place, or thing, and you just tell me whatever smell you associate with it. It can be an actual scent. It can be a fragrance. It can be a color. It's just more like rapid fire association. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? 
ready. Okay. What is the smell of an Iron Chef? Uh, shiitake mushrooms and dry ice. Dry ice. I love that. What's the smell of your house? Um, scrambled eggs with salted butter and uh, chives. Mm, that's lovely. What is the smell of New York City? Uh, burned pretzels, bus <laughs> exhaust, and uh, garlic. Mm. And Paris. Butter, um, fruit, like it depends what time of year it is. So apricots, peaches, strawberries, citrus, whatever time of year it is, the fruit smells so strong in the street to me. Mm. And oh, the metro smells a certain way, like a burned rubber wheels. How would you compare the Paris Metro to the New York subway smell? Uh, the Paris Metro feels like a cute little thing. Mm -hmm. There's something personal about the Paris Metro. You can, you kind of feel like maybe you took the same exact train two days ago because there are only eight, which isn't true, but that's the feeling. Right. In New York, it smells a little bit like it's got some 2% burning building vibes <laughs> and it's, it's the sounds. There's a certain sound the train makes when it comes. I know we're talking about scent, but I think that in this particular case, sound almost trumps scent, which is rare. Wow. I've never been on the Paris Metro, so I have nothing to compare it to, but that's that's really interesting. Oh, it smells like it smells like squeaky clean little rubber wheels, you know, just kind of perfect. That is kind of perfect. I feel like the New York one kind of smells like body fluids oh, yeah. and cigarette. Yeah. Definitely oh, yeah. a different experience. It sounds like a, it's a joy to ride the Paris Metro. You'll have to see for yourself. I'll do it someday. What would be the, the smell that you associate with your restaurant butter? Um, it smells like bread, baking bread and fried chicken and broccoli and good people. It smells like good people in there. I'm not kidding. That's a smell. That's a great smell. People that like each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been to butter and I have to agree. It, it smells like good people in there. It is. What would be the smell of happiness to conclude this podcast? Happiness. Um, blueberry pie, barbecue chicken, lily of the valley, because they're so fleeting. Ramps, the first wild onions of spring, that garlicky onion smell. Love that. And then when the air by the beach is super kind of like viscous and salty, it almost feels like you could chew it. Mm. And it smells like the ocean. Yes. Which isn't always. And you can't get like a hint of fish in there. You know, it's got to be just that pure edible salt gust of air from the beach on a kind of foggy day or night. I love that. A wisp of salt air. That is beautiful. Alex, thank you so, so much for coming on the Perfume Room. It has been a true blast. I'm sure everyone who's listening already follows you. But where can people follow you besides watching you on the Food Network? You can just follow my last name, at Gornashelli, G-U-A-R-N-A-S-C-H-E-L-L-I. If you can find it, wow, thank you. <laughs> um, well, Alex, thank you so very much for coming on the Perfume Room. It has been a pleasure talking to an Iron Chef, and I hope you feel better soon. Perfume Room is co-produced and edited by Adam Avalos, music by Max Vernon, and art by Israel Rodriguez. 